2: The Brian Lehrer TV Club. We are watching the final season of Parks and Recreation together for the fun of it and because it's the wonkiest, nerdiest, public policy-loving sitcom with Amy Poehler you would ever want to see. In this final season, one storyline has been that Amy Poehler's character, Leslie Nope, now working for the National Park Service in Pawnee, Indiana, is competing with a tech company to acquire some land that the company wants to use for a corporate office park and Leslie wants to use for a national park. A wealthy family is getting rid of the land and deciding whether to donate it to the public or sell it for a mint to the tech company developer. Now, as it happens... We have a real-life conflict right in our backyards that is surprisingly close to the one in Parks and Rec. It's the battle between the electronics company LG and almost everyone else in New York and New Jersey over the Palisades. The specific issue is whether LG erects a new, higher building on their land in Englewood Cliffs. That would be the first to rise above the Palisades tree line north of the George Washington Bridge area, spoiling a little bit of the pristine view from the New York side of the Hudson and setting the precedent for more high-rise office towers, marring what has been protected land for a 100 years. So first, here's a scene from Parks and Rec's first episode of the season in um, which we will hear a variety of voices. Um, The woman from the – the Newport family, uh, whose trust intends, trust intends to get rid of the land one way or the other. And then we'll hear another uh, couple of voices in there, including Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope, imagining what the National Park Service could do with it.
3: The Newport Family Trust intends to sell a 25-square-mile parcel of pristine, undeveloped land containing Lake Eagleton and the southern Indiana foothills. Why now? The Newports have owned this land for a hundred years. Thanks to the recent economic boom in Pawnee, real estate prices are at an all-time high, and in the words of Jessica Wick's Newport, heir to the entire Newport fortune, quote, it's time to trade those dumb old trees for a buttload of cash.
0: It is. It truly is. This land is begging to be a new national park, and it's in my own backyard. This could be my crowning achievement. I could retire. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm gonna work until I'm a hundred and then cut back to four days a week. Oh, God, I'm already so bored thinking about that one day off. Uh, Maybe I'll go to law school or something.
3: We will select the finalists from a set of initial sealed bids due at 5 p.m.
2: tomorrow. So that's the Parks and Rec TV version of Tech Company Office Park versus National Park. Now here is former New Jersey Governor Christy Whitman on this program last year arguing for Palisades interstate park preservation against LG's real-life corporate office park, high-rise.
3: This is an important part of our pristine environment, something that's enjoyed by both sides of the river. It's been respected. The land's been set aside, and the height restriction, while not in law, has been has been respected forever. And it's not a question of building or not building. They have a 27-acre track, LG, and they can go sideways. They don't have to build this 143-foot-tall building, which would stick up some 80 feet above the trees and would be visible from all from all directions and in fact they uh, they said that they want to uh, they want to have that height so they can enjoy the view which gets in everybody else's view and, and their own architect acknowledged at one of the hearings that they had enough space to take the entire building and put it on its, put it on its side so we as former governors are very sensitive to the jobs issue and the economic issue, and LG has been a good corporate citizen. But in this instance, we hope that they will reconsider and do what we would argue would be the right thing for everyone involved.
2: Christy Whitman as one of four former New Jersey governors, two Democrats, two Republicans, opposing the way LG wants to build above the Palisades tree line. So parks and rec in Fictional Pawnee, Indiana, meets LG versus the Palisades in real-life Englewood Cliffs. Let's bring in two guests now, NPR TV critic Linda Holmes, who writes for NPR's TV blog, Monkey C, joining us every week through this series. Hi, Linda. Hello. And joining us for this edition, Kim Ludek, reporter for the Bergen Record, who has been covering the LG versus Palisades real-life saga. Welcome back, Kim. Hey, Brian. So, Kim, one similarity between the Parks and Rec plot line and the real-life Palisades issue, besides it being, in both cases, about a 25-acre parcel, as we heard in the two clips, is that on the show, the famous Old Money family is deciding whether to donate their land for a park. In real life, the Palisades was originally donated for public preservation by the Rockefeller family. Do you know that history?
0: I do a little, actually. I was even just reading up a little bit more, and I was learning a couple more things today. Um, so apparently, it was back in 1933, I believe, um, Larry, it was John Rockefeller. He was the, uh, the founder of Standard Oil. He bought up about 700 acres of land and ended up donating it to the Palisades Interstate Park Commission, With two stipulations. One, that they build uh, a scenic byway going from, I believe, the George Washington Bridge to the Bear Mountain Bridge in New York. And actually, I just learned this this morning. It's interesting. The other stipulation was that all man-made structures that would be visible from across the river be removed from that area.
2: So if this is donated land with preservation of that nature so explicitly part of the reason why is there a question of whether LG can breach the tree line and turn it from a natural cliffs view to a natural cliffs and one office park view?
0: Well, I mean, a, a distinction between, you know, parks and rec in this real-life example is they're, LG's not building on the park itself. Um, they're building on private land about half a mile, I think, in from the cliffs. Mm-hmm. So while... The argument is is that you'll, you'll be able to see it from above the cliffs. This is private land, and as long as they have the approval from the borough, which they do, they can
2: build as they wish. Linda so. Holmes, NPR-TV critic. This is the seventh and final season of this sitcom. Do they have a history of doing rip-from-the-headline storylines like a law and order of the Parks Department? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I wouldn't say uh, ripped from the headlines in the same way as Law and Order, but they do tend to have a lot of stories that have resonance with things that are currently happening. They had a story about Leslie Knope's, um past being dug up about how she's not a resident, which, you know, had a lot of where's your birth certificate resonance for people. And there was one about her marrying a couple of penguins to each other at the zoo, and then they turned out to both be male penguins. So. Yeah, they, they, have their, they have their current events relevance, I think.
2: Linda, on the show, the issue seems to have gotten resolved in a very convoluted way last week that I could barely follow. I yeah, guess me too. <laughs> Leslie found an area of urban blight that she got the tech company interested in instead because they could get much more land cheaper and then donate the park's land, which they had already bought, in order to get a tax deduction.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure the math works out, but the the heart is enormous. <laughs> I'm not, uh, yeah, I think she convinced them that they would have to do so much work building infrastructure at the place that they wanted to, the land that they had bought, that they could get a lot of infrastructure that already existed in, as you mentioned, this area of urban blight.
2: So, Kim, is there a part of Camden that LG might be interested in for a song?
0: <laughs> you know, it, it's a good question. I was definitely thinking about that when I watched that episode last night, but...
2: And, of it's course, really
0: speculation. I don't know.
2: And of course, there's competition between uh, cities and towns, not just states. The mayor of Englewood, who has been a big supporter of LG, doesn't want to lose the jobs, doesn't want to lose the economic development, doesn't want to lose the tax base, obviously, and that's, that's one of the issues. You know, the breadth of yeah. opposition has surprised me, Kim, as I've become familiar with this story. Like we had former Governor Whitman on the show there. I would have thought it would be towns on the New Jersey side, asserting their right to local development with the jobs that brings as more important than a view from New York that they don't benefit from. But it hasn't worked out that way. Almost all the other towns around there, like Alpine and Closter and a handful of others, have come out opposed in addition to these past Republican governors. How do you explain the breadth of opposition? You
0: know, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, I can say I know... In Anglewood Cliffs, it's still very true that they assert their right to be able to develop their town as they wish. I don't know. I mean, I I know that area is, um, there are a lot of people who are very, have a lot of fond memories of the Palisades. And so, you know, possibly that's Mm, that's part of it.
2: Maybe they don't want more. Traffic congestion, I don't know, although I think that That the the, compromise, if if there is one, is that there's going to be the same number of jobs just on a lower rise development uh, of the buildings on on that same Mm -hmm. land. Linda, it's a fine line to walk for a sitcom that has liberal wonkiness in its soul, right, to get their points across like they did last week with the mock Google and Amazon invading our privacy storyline, which was both pointed and very funny um, but you know, also, to remain funny, I mean John Stewart and Colbert pull it off in their formats, but I guess it 's a different challenge, maybe harder for a sitcom you think
1: yeah, I, I do think so, and I think one of the advantages that Parks and Rec has is that its its political heart and its interest in politics is more process and attitudinal than it is policy than it is promoting this policy. What Parks and Rec is, first of all, interested in is stressing the importance of unsung local people in government, and two, in encouraging the idea that people can be cooperative, rather than, Hmm. you know, despite the fact that it had the penguin marriage episode and all that stuff, typically it's not specific policies, it's it's process and attitude.
2: Kim, I heard that the negotiation between LG and everyone else... Is at a very crucial stage right now, so much so that some of the usually vocal environmentalists we reached out to for this segment declined to come on. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's happening?
0: No, and that is a great question. Um, it was believe I believe it was back in June that the mayor of Englewood Cliffs called everyone to the table to try to come up with some compromise. And I, I've been having the same reaction. I, you know, people will tell me that there are still talks going on, but beyond that, nobody will say. What is happening? So it's been very, very quiet for a long time. It's
2: been a long time already. You know, I first became aware of it when uh, Bette Midler came on the show last year to talk about her memoir. And I discovered that she was also into this LG issue, so we talked about that. And then we did a separate segment um, and realized that, uh, you know, people are pretty emotional about this. But then after all that wave of publicity, Bette Midler and the four governors and everyone else, it's been very quiet with, I guess, the hope that they're going to come to some kind of conclusion. But it's taking a long time.
0: A very, very long time, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the only thing I can say is that since it's been so quiet, maybe that means you
2: know I yeah, don't want to speculate. That, it that maybe like they're the getting might be going well. that maybe they're getting to yes as LJ continues to threaten to move out of the era altogether if they don't get their way. So uh, to be resolved. And in our last fifteen seconds, Linda Holmes, what do we have left in this final season of Parks and Rec? Three weeks?
1: Uh, something like that. Just two three, or three weeks, six weeks. episodes, something like that. I, I lose track
2: expecting any um, big bombshell at the end?
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I guess Ben is running for Congress now. so.
2: And we'll talk about that next week. I thought it was going to be Leslie. <laughs> Linda Holmes, Kim Ludak, thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: On the Brian Lehrer TV Club.